everyone. I'm Lori Casto. And I'm Randall Casto. And you are listening to the Created to Soar podcast brought to you by Wedgwood Estates, the area's premier senior residential community. Today we are doing something a little different. We are talking about revival. How exciting. It it is exciting. Um, Why are we talking about revival? Well, because we are thinking that this is going to be, we've got the beginnings of what is going to be the greatest revival um, possibly in our lifetime and maybe ever. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And and I'm really excited about it. And I do, as we're starting this out, I wanted to say, are we qualified? Do we have some sort of Bible training or seminary schooling? No, we do not. We just love the Lord. We love his word. We don't have all the correct answers. We're not always going to get it right, but we just love the Lord. And I think I just want to start with what is revival? Um, I've been looking this up like all week. What is revival? The act of reviving, the state of being revived, renewing attention. Uh, there's just so many different uh definitions of revival. And one that stuck out to me is revival is the product of all Christians praying and seeking the Holy Spirit's presence. Oh, that sounds real good. Yeah. And that is a really good one. And I liken it to um, CPR. Yes. You were giving me that example the other day, you know, when someone's kind of knocked out in the, in the ambulance. <laughs> yeah. Why would I, if, if someone is passed out and they need CPR Either I'm going to give them CPR or I'm going to call an ambulance. I'm not just going to let them die. I want to see them revived. Exactly. And that's exactly uh, breathing new life uh, because you fear something, someone or something is not breathing. And so why would we as Christians want to let our fellow Christians just die? We would want them to have new life breathed into them. So tell me what, what are some of the scriptures you have pertaining to revival? Well, a few come to mind. Um, I'm going to start in the one in James and then branch off into to Zechariah. In James 5, it says this. It says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waits for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience for it until he receives the early and latter rain. Be also patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draws nigh. And this tells me, and, and if I understand this correctly, when they the referral when they reference the early and latter rains, the early rains was was for the planting of seed, and then before harvest you had to have the latter rains to strengthen the crop and prepare it for the harvest. And and, and you know we know the early seeds were planted when the church was born, and now the husbandman is waiting. That's the Lord. He's waiting for the precious fruit. That's souls to be saved in a in a grand harvest. And the latter rain would be the work of the Holy Spirit preparing this field for revival. Oh, and, and, awesome. and just for you know, for souls to be saved, for for backsliders to come back out. You know, you see in in Matthew twenty five. The, the virgins and, and there's lots of theories uh, and or interpretations and uh, of uh, of the of the ten virgins and how they're readying themselves but the the one the, the one that everyone agrees upon is you just have to be ready but even the virgins that were ready were all asleep and, and let me, let me well, just you know and as you turn to that I, I think it's such a, a a great thing to be brought out because that is where my heart is I feel like I've been reading statistics I could be wrong on these statistics but I think 30% of people that say that they are Christians and believe and believers are going to church right now and I think that leaves 40% that I'm you know my heart is for the people that maybe they've lost their first love 
and they're not, they're not, they're, they're not here. They're not. And I'm wondering where they're at and they, and they're, they love, they do love the Lord, but they've got kind of let life get in the way. That's like the church in in Revelation, Ephesus, correct? Yes, that is, that is Ephesus. In fact, yeah, just as you're talking about that in, in Revelation, it does talk about, um, where is that? Let me find it. Oh, okay. Yeah. In Revelation two, three through five, it says you have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary yet. I hold this against you. So these are, these are people that have endured hardships. They've not grown weary, but he says, I've hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen, repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand stand from its place. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they <laughs> lost their first love. They lost their first love. And it, and it really speaks to me because I don't want to have lived my whole life and just lose my first love. And I know you and I have just seen so many different things happen over the past six years with family oh and, and all kinds of things. And so, and, and I know that whatever we've gone through, so many other people have gone through way worse than we have. Sure they have. And so maybe they could see where I have found myself just kind of like tired and like the lost your fervor, lost zeal and kind of like, I don't want to lose my first love. I want to have that fire. I want to have that spark. I want to have revival. And I think um, this is the time. Right. And, and going back now that I found this in Matthew 25, even the five that were that were wise, it says, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered so that they were all asleep. And at midnight, there was a cry made. And it was right before the coming when the doors were going to be open. Uh, it was like an awakening. And, and that's what I, I, I look at this revival as an awakening. You know, you, you, the church may be, be, may be a little asleep here, but, you know, we, we need that revival. Um, that work of the Holy Spirit to bring in that harvest and the midnight hour comes, there's, there's a, there's an awakening of everyone. And, uh, and to me, that is so exciting because sometimes you lose heart and feel like, is there, are we going right. to, uh, what's going to happen? You know, and I feel like we've been in the last days for a very long time. I mean, we've been in the last days, we've seen things escalate and, and the, the longer we are here, the faster I feel like we see things escalate. Sure. And scripturally, probably 10 years ago, the scripture came to my heart and mind um, in Second Timothy 4, 1 through 5. It says, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction for the time will come when people will not put up with the sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what they, their itching ears want to hear. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, but you, mm-hmm. but me, but we keep your head in all situations, endure hardships, do the work of evangelist. That's not just, that's, that's all of us. We need to be doing the work of, of an evangelist and uh, the duties of our ministry. And I feel like um, it's just so important because it, 10 years ago, the Lord gave me that scripture. You know, it's like, because I feel like then we were in the last, the, the later times, the last days. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like in James where it says unto the coming of the Lord and how, you know, he, he's waiting for that precious fruit. It reminds me back in Zechariah 10 verse one, where it says, ask you or pray 
ask you of the Lord, rain in the time of the latter rain. So the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to everyone grass in the field. And that is, he's referring to the rain, the, the rain that brings revival. Awesome. I mean, and, that's, and, and that's what we need to do. We, uh, the church today, if we really want to see it, we, we're going to have to get on our knees and begin asking the Lord. It's, it's, it's the time of the latter rain. It, it, it is. And so we need to ask the Lord rain in this time. Yeah. And, and, and I'm talking to myself as well. Yeah, and and it says in in going further in Second Timothy three one through five, it says, "Mark this: there will be t- terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, <laughs> yes, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God." Having a form, and this is the big one for me. This is the really big one. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Wow. Right. And this is, this is where we are. I feel like this is where we're at. And uh, I'm just so grateful, though, that we have this opportunity to have revival. It's an opportunity. It, right. It's this, this opportunity for all of us to be ready. You know, and all well, of us to be seeking and be ready. And I think that the Lord gives us that opportunity because of his mercy. Yeah. And I'm glad you say that because um, mercy is a word that, you know, our church, our local church had us all, you know, at the beginning of the year, try to find a word um, that would, is meaningful in your Christian walk. And to me, I, I just gathered around the word mercy and, and, and just to see the compassion of the Lord. And it's interesting. There's, there's two places where in the Old Testament, where the writer asks for revival, and it's interesting what else is said in Psalms 85, it says, Wilt thou not revive us again, and thy people may rejoice in thee? Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant Amen. us thy salvation. Amen. In reviving us, he's showing us his mercy. That's and right. Habakkuk, in his prayer for, re- for revival, in, in chapter 3, O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known. In wrath, remember mercy. And I tell you that, and the scripture that, that brought me to, to mercy was Psalms, Psalm 145, verse 8 and 9. And I think this may be God's greatest attribute. You, you, know, you, you know God is powerful. He's able. Yeah, you think <laughs> what could be God's greatest attribute? <laughs> and, and he is so powerful. But you know, the word never says God is power, but it does say God is love. He is love. And when you read verse 8 and 9 in Psalm 145, the Lord is gracious. So he is gracious. That, that's what he is. And full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. You know, and I think that for me, and I think that really hits me in such a really powerful way. And I think that's why I'm so excited and so grateful for revival, because I know in my own life, I've been tired. You know what I mean? And I'm thankful that God has mercy on me, that he would give me the opportunity to experience revival. Right. And that's why he's patient for, for that harvest, because he is merciful. What does it say? God so loved the world that he gave. Yeah. And I'm so excited son. about it that I want everyone, I want everyone to take advantage of the opportunity right. to be in revival. Why not? 
you know, and it's just like, let, let's all take the opportunity. And I see also in Revelations 3, 15 and 16, and this is the other one that hits me hard, is I know your deeds. And this is where the, there's seven churches. Right. I, I'm not very, you know, I'm not, I'll just being honest, I'm not a revelation. I, I don't know all of, but I do know that there are seven churches he is speaking to every church. Here he's talking to the church of Laodicea. He says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. And that, that's, a, that's a burden for me. I'm just being honest sure. because I don't want that to happen to me. And I sure don't want it to happen to anybody I know. Exactly. Yeah. And so I, I want us all to be ready and I want us all to experience this great revival, the very best one that we'll ever see in our generation and maybe ever because we're in those last times, those last days. I, I, I believe we are. I know, I know every generation thinks they're the yes. generation. Yes. I know my grandmother, she spoke of it and, uh, and, and the Lord does tarry, but you look around today and you see what's happening in the world and you, you almost have to say, how, how can it not be soon? Yeah. And, uh. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's a wonderful thing, but it, yeah, it's just going to take it's going to take the church getting on their knees and praying for that latter rain, the work of the Holy Spirit that yeah. brings in that harvest. And it, the, another thing that I went, as I was looking up revival, a church revival involves a group of Christians praying and seeking the Holy Spirit's presence together while rejoicing over renewed spiritual exuberance. Right, making alive again. And this is another revival, the meaning of revival. And this, we already hit on these scriptures in Revelation, but it says making alive again, those who have been alive, but have fallen into what is called a cold or dead state. And I hate to ever think of myself or anybody to be in a cold or dead state. Uh, but that, but that is revival. That is revival to be awakened from that cold and dead state. Yeah, and it just made me remember something. I it's a book I read a long. It's been a long time, so I I don't know. I'm not quite up on it, but you just jarred my memory. Um, a pastor or a writer by the name of uh, Leonard Ravenhill wrote a book of why revival tarries, and I believe the thrust of that book was, was centered all about around the church praying, church praying, church praying. I I believe it was Finney um, in his great revivals in his evangelical work. I. I believe it was was Finney that said he was in prayer four hours a day for the, for these meetings, and he had great, great, great revival meetings. Right, and I and I was just thinking of some of the simplistic things, and then you were sharing with me after I shared them with you about your grandmother and how when you spoke at her funeral. But the things that I was thinking about, as far as for us, for me, for the church, is very simple things, and I think we take them for granted. But but the simple things: reading the Bible, praying attending church and fellowship. I mean, right. you know, all those things are simple and they seem so easy, but go through a day like you had this week or like anybody's had this week and it gets very difficult. Oh, sure it does. Yeah. I mean, it's just 2020 alone was just one big fiery dart after another. And so that's the devil. He wants to take us from our first love, but we have to get back and the Lord has given us mercy and shown us mercy that we can be part of a great revival. Yes. Yeah. It, were, were there other things that you wanted to share? No, I, I, that's, that, those were the scriptures that were on my heart. And, and if uh, you want to get stirred, get in the word. That's a good one. <laughs> I just came up with that. <laughs> 
but uh, yeah, if you want to get stirred, get in the word. Oh, and just, you know, I was just thinking of my dad through all of this because even 11 years ago, he was preaching about the end times and that we were in the end times because I believe at that time we were, it's, it's not, it's a long period of time, but thinking of my dad and the way he got saved. And this is how, how amazing the Bible is because it's living and active and my mom got him a Bible. I believe this is a story and I could be wrong that she got him a Bible. He had no, no understanding of church whatsoever. Didn't grow up, never went to church, nothing, no understanding whatsoever. My mom brought him a Bible, bought him one, and he just started reading and he read from cover to cover. And shortly after that is when he got saved. Right. And that is how he became a preacher. (laughs) That is how alive and active and it cuts through everything the word the word of god is uh just pick up the bible and just start reading and you'll get excited and stirred i agree yeah and so anyway we just wanted to thank you for joining us for the created to soar podcast brought to you by wedgwood estates the area's premier senior residential community who knows we might do it again sometime soon that sounds great i look forward to it thanks 